welcome to a new season of the Along Come Norwich podcast. It's preview time, it's the first game of the season which is Liverpool at Anfield, so that means we're talking to our mate John from the Anfield Rap. It would be fantastic to start off by looking back at uh, the end of last season before we look forward to this season. Um, I mean, we did okay. We, we lifted a trophy, but uh, obviously you, you also finished as European champions and pushed one of the best ever Premier League sides all the way for the title. So be interested to, to know where, where do you think that ranks as an achievement compared to Istanbul and, and the, former, the former glory days? Is there a feeling um, up there that, that, that this is a, a squad as good and a manager as good as you know the the absolute peak, the the heyday, the pinnacle of of those Liverpool teams of old. Um, or, or do you still need to to win the Premier League before you can be considered in those terms? I think. I mean, I'm at a bit of a funny age where I'm 37, so I can sort of just about remember the the, the glory days, if you like, but 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 not really kind of appreciate it. My very first game was actually the last the last time Liverpool won the league, uh, which is <laughs> sort of quite a way quite a way to start. You know, standing yeah. on a it's all standing downhill from here, <laughs> <laughs> standing on the uh, on my seat singing and I walk alone as they parade the trophy, thinking every game's going to be like this. Football's brilliant, and then we haven't we haven't won the league since. But I think I think people who've who've been sort of going longer than me kind of reinforce the idea that this is a very special group of players and obviously the the manager um has, has kind of inspired everyone really and I think from from where we were from where we were when when he took over I mean you have to be a little bit careful don't you I mean at Liverpool it's a crisis if we're in eighth in the Premier League so I think like you know you know you don't want to come across kind of too kind of entitled but but it was a club that was kind of drifting a little bit it was a club that you know was didn't really seem to have much direction and and sort of felt like it had Almost kind of given up the idea that it was it was would be a club at at the very top of of sort of European football, if you like. And it felt like there was a because of the the, the money in the game and things like that. It felt like there was a, a, the idea of a pecking order was was being more and more firmly established, and Liverpool were kind of in that second tier, if you like, fighting for you know that last Champions League space. Whereas Jan Klopp has obviously come in and, and ripped all that up and said, "Well, we can do whatever we want, you know, if we if we work hard and we stick together." And 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 they have and and, and they've done it and and the European champions now. So I think from from where we were when Jurgen took over, you know, to to where we where we are now feels an amazing journey. And that's why to go back to your kind of original question, why uh, this this Champions League win felt a little bit more special for me than the Istanbul one. I mean, the Istanbul was a was a crazy game and was, you know, an incredible kind of night and 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 no one will forget it who was watching, you know, Liverpool final or otherwise. But I think in terms of, you know, for for to 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 beat Tottenham in Madrid and to for the for the journey that it was and it felt like, you know, Istanbul kind of came out of nowhere really and it was this crazy run to the final of this cobbled together team, you know, powered by one one man's brilliance really and Steven Gerrard and and this felt like much more of a you know something that was planned something that was deserved if you like a little bit more um and and something that you know we'd, we'd worked to it and got obviously there was the final defeat last year in Kiev as well that kind of you know made it even more special and so in the past there's been a few false dawns at Liverpool there have been title challenges that then there's been we faded away there's been you know I say nights like Istanbul that, that kind of haven't been followed up, and this time it does feel that Liverpool are on are on the cusp of of something kind of really special, really, and, and a really you know rich period in our already very rich history. 
Well, I did see a, a tweet um, from uh, a, a month or so ago um, with regards to, you know, you mentioned about your recent title challenges. Um, and it was along the lines of uh, each time Liverpool finished second, they then dropped down a few places the season after. And there was kind of a list of, of the recent times those title challenges had happened. It was almost like you you then had to take a breath. So so one of the things I was going to ask, we kind of scoot ahead briefly because we've kind of come on onto it um how does that affect your expectations this season because that's a big conversation topic down down with us and i um it's something we were talking about yesterday uh, we were at the club doing some some long time norwich stuff and um the, the expectation management is really tricky when you've just won a, a trophy especially for us in that i mean you guys are playing the same lads you played last season whereas we, we're now coming and playing a, a, a higher level of our opposition so the, the fans are used to winning two-thirds of games and we're now going to have to get used to probably losing two-thirds of games so what how is it anything short of winning the league or anything short of a European trophy? Is that not going to feel a little bit of a, a letdown this season after last season's heroics? Not necessarily. I think the club needs to win something again, and what that something is, we'll sort of have to wait and see. Look, if we if we if we challenge for the title again, but Man City get a hundred points again, then then you just sort of have to take your hat off, really. I mean, you have, you, for all the talk of what Liverpool are doing, what Man City are doing at the moment under Guardiola, it's just it's just never been seen before in English football, and so you have to accept, I think, to a certain degree that there's only so much you can control. If, if Liverpool do another ninety point plus season and and win, say, an FA Cup, I think that's a brilliant season, and I think that's you know, I mean, imagine how many good nights you're going to have and good yeah. good afternoons, how many amazing times you're going to have watching Liverpool if Liverpool do that between now and then I think the Champions League you know I mean we've won, we've been lucky enough to win six of them in, in the kind of different different degrees but you know if you you know for, for, for the kind of if you add up the, the trophies of all the other English teams I think it comes to about that so you can't just presume you're going to win that trophy again you know something something can happen we could go on the group stages you know it's 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 a tough it's a tough tough tournament and that's why you know that what makes it, as I say, so special to win, and so the idea of oh, we want to do this in the Champions League again is is you you don't know you could get as I say you could go out in the groups if you get a tough one you could get you know we could get a really tough team in in, in the second round and, and and go out and so you know you can't you can't budget for anything really in the Champions League apart from qualifying for it in the first place. Whereas I think you know a domestic trophy and another title challenge I think would be a really good season, and I think. You know, you, you mentioned there about the, the, the times we've challenged and fell away and, and that people, Liverpool fans are kind of conscious of that. But I think what, what the difference is this time is that we've been able to retain players. And I think I, I've been meeting up on Norwich today a little bit more ahead of this. And I think that the similarities between the approaches are, are, are quite interesting between Liverpool and Norwich in that, you know, you've concentrated on, um, you know, re- retaining your best players and tying up these these really talented young players on long-term contracts because obviously you want them to pay for the knowledge in the future, but also it, it protects you if these larger clubs kind of do come in. And I think Liverpool, that's what we've done. You know, everyone's obsessing about the fact that Liverpool haven't bought anyone this summer. And yeah, I'd have probably like to have seen one or two more come in, but, but also... You, you look at our stars, they're all on long-term contracts and Liverpool have worked really hard to, to convince those players that Anfield is the best place to play their football and that they can fulfil all, all their dreams and all their kind of career goals really at Liverpool. And so these guys are all on big, long contracts now and, and are coming into the, the peak years. So I think there's a, there's there's enough evidence, you know, if you look at it logically, that that last season wasn't a one-off Liverpool and wasn't a flash in the pan, and it's not kind of you know this this kind of false dawn that we had in thirteen, fourteen, and 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 
Yeah, that was um, that's an interesting similarity actually between the the kind of transfer activity. We we bought we have bought in a couple um, of things. In theory, we're going to uh, have a defensive midfielder, which is the one area where there seemed to be a consensus amongst fans that actually, if we're going to be found out anywhere. Um, that's the one place where actually we would need a hand compared to what we had last season. It does look like that's that's going to get sorted with Amadou um, today um, from Sevilla. But um, with regards to the to, to the guys you've got in, so a sixteen year old, a seventeen year old, and and you know the legendary Adrian goalie to, <laughs> to replace Minnell. I mean, there's some big holy gloves to fill. Um, so, are you expecting any activity, or, or are you hearing that pretty much you're going as you are, unless unless a, a great opportunity presents itself? Yeah, exactly the latter. The everything that we're hearing out of the club is that they're they're happy with what they've got, and unless someone becomes available who who they didn't think were, were available, that they're going to stick with what they got. I think you know it's becoming you know, the, the the better you get and and the stronger you get, the the tougher transfers are in a way because there's only so many players who can improve you. There's only so many footballers out there who it's almost kind of you know worth getting really. And I think you know you, we saw it in the Community Shield against. Manchester City. There's some really, really good footballers who can't get in our team at the moment. And you know, the likes of Ian Bruce do they've got huge hopes for, couldn't even get on the bench on Sunday. And so, you know, Klopp is a is a manager who generally likes to work with what he's got. He'll only go into the transfer market if if he sees a clear and obvious improvement or or, the, or there's a gap in the squad. And they've worked hard the last two, three years to kind of identify the players that they really want and that they really think will will take us to another level and going out there and getting them. And I think this summer they've just seemingly decided that those players aren't available and I think they've said well rather than spending for the sake of it we'll we'll keep our money and we'll, we'll keep it in the bank and and maybe go big next year and, and that's all the kind of the whispers that are coming out really is that is that that that's what they want to do and that's what they've decided to do obviously there's risks there because if you if you fall away then and then so you know when other teams kind of catch up with you or go past you then suddenly those players who you want might not find you quite as attractive anymore but I think that's what they decided to do and to be fair that's a that's a policy that's that served them well it's a transfer policy that's that served them well they, they for example with Virgil van Dijk they waited for him they wanted him obviously it went a little bit wrong when we got in a bit of trouble with Southampton and and so they waited another four months where I think 99% of Liverpool fans would have just gone out and bought another centre-half uh, because you know it was an area that we that was that we wanted to improve so much but they waited till January they got him and and now I mean I think he's the best defender in the world and so you know the, you, you have to sort of keep faith in them really because they, they you know the people running the the, the playing side of, of a Liverpool football club have, have got enough credit in the bank if you like to say well you know it might not be what I'd do but we, but we trust them and, and, and see where we go this year. That's the interesting similarity again between the two clubs in, in that um, every, every fan base has got you know, uh, pant wetting, bed wetting warriors who who just <laughs> everything's an absolute nightmare if you're not spending fifty million quid every every day. Um, but but th- that that exact thread is something that has been a bit of a, an online discussion point for for our lot over the last couple of months. Is that um, we've 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 re-signed almost everyone uh, onto a longer deal. Um, 
the, we've got an incredibly young squad. Loads of them are British, which which adds a little bit of a, an extra cachet and a bit of extra cash to to when we send them to another Premier League club because of the homegrown players rule. Um, and and you know you're talking about a 19 year old, 21 year old, um, 20 year olds who are going to be in our who are going to be regularly in the first team, so getting Premier League experience. I mean, they're really saleable assets, and they've earned the right to play in the Premier League through winning the league last last season and, and playing some incredible football whilst doing it. And going back to what you were saying about the, the the guys running recruitment earning some credit um if weber thinks that you know stuart weber if he believes that um we only need to spend one and a half million here and, and dermich on a free because actually he he reckons his knee's going to be okay and, and and there's reasons why he hasn't had, had the opportunity in Bundesliga. well pookie looked like a, a, an absolutely he looked like he was coming to play, to be third place striker last year on a free has hadn't hadn't made it at celtic well what's he going to do in the championship and you know best part of 31 goals later and all of all of a sudden and um, that looks like an inspired free transfer so you know, almost all of these players that we had not heard of, and we had to go. I mean, I had to Google some of the sides they were coming from. You know, <laughs> I, I, I hadn't even heard of some of these kind of second and third flight and fourth flight in the case of Zimmerman. Um, yeah. you, know, you know, players, and and so again, if they if they believe from and you know, we invest heavily in analytics again at the club the other day, and they're putting in putting in extra cabling underneath the dugouts so that um, so that we're in a position where the analytics guy can get quicker data. To, to the to the to the subs bench, you know, during the game, which is again get bringing us up to speed, being Premier League on and off the pitch, which is a big mantra of the, of the club this summer. Sure. Um, and and uh, you just think if, if they, they think we've got enough to go again, then, then you have to kind of back them because because they've they've already proven that they can they can find these kind of rough gems, and, and we can't afford to we can't afford to get VVD, we can't afford to you know to, to prize prize assets away from. From, from other clubs and Premier League experience comes at such a premium. Um, it's, a, it's similar to when it's similar to when you want to book a venue or you want to hire a suit or you want to get some flowers. If you say it's for a wedding, suddenly the price goes up by you know, a couple of hundred quid. And it's the same as if you want Premier League experience, you've got to pay for that. So it's about low risk and high reward. And, and that, that's that was our recruitment process last summer. And it's, and it's going to be the same, the same this summer. Um, so, yeah, on the. Um, on our squad, then, uh, obviously, you said you, you know you maybe done a little bit of reading up because you knew we were having a chat today. Um, is it fair to say that it's unlikely many of the, the the home fans going on to Anfield on Friday are going to really know any of the players' names in our squad, or is it is it would it be ridiculous to suggest that that Norwich have got anything anyone that that that, that Liverpool may fear? There won't be a huge amount of knowledge, to be honest with you, because you know you've you've as you've said you've retained this similar squad that that's kind of come up. I think fully enough. I think this. I mean, Stuart Webber's probably had more attention in 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 Liverpool recently than than any of the players. There's been a couple of really good articles written about him. One this week actually by by Simon Hughes, who's who's moved over to the Athletic and writes really well on Liverpool, and he's written something about Stuart Webber and in praise and stuff like that. And he's not he's not the kind of only one really. So I think in many ways he's he's the one kind of grabbing the having the attention at, at the moment, you know, outside of Norwich rather than any of the footballers. I mean, I had a little look at the squad and, and you know, it starts off with Tim Krul and I think, well, I've heard of him and then uh, from what I gather, he might not even play. <laughs> so, um, and Patrick Roberts, people know a little bit about because obviously he had a time at Celtic and Liverpool and Celtic have, have got sort of historic links. So, so people will have watched him and I think he's a really exciting player. But apart from that, I, I know a little bit more because we do stuff on on the championship and and so I was keeping an eye on Norwich because of, because of you know how they play football and what they were doing and 
you know, I speak spoke to a couple of Norwich fans earlier in the season, and they and they were saying, "Oh, it's really good fun, but I don't think we'll we'll stick around." You know, I think we'll we'll drop off eventually, and then and then of course that didn't happen, and you ended up winning the league. So I think it looks an exciting team to me, and I think it looks, you know, it you know a team that with with a lot of promise, and I think people are going to be interested to see how Norwich go because obviously they've taken a very different approach. You know, this summer to say Aston Villa, who who have you know bought, bought players that people know a lot more about, and so have more kind of recognisable names. But but that doesn't necessarily you know guarantee success because we saw what happened at Fulham, you know, last summer when when everyone thought they were going to do really well, and then it was a disaster. Yeah, yeah, and 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 also on the on the squads and and on some of the, the players that we think are going to make the step up comfortably. I was just referring to to having some young players with with, with you know potential massive price tags hovering over their head. Um, so so Max Aaron's is one is a name that I think uh, all you know injuries aside. However, however Norwich fare this season, I think Liverpool, Newcastle, Everton, all, all, all the Premier League um, fans are going to know his name because I think he'll be one of the first ones to be singled out for praise when pundits are doing their little snippets after games. Um, incredibly exciting fullback who has been, um, who has actually had comparisons drawn with uh, your own exciting young right back because of because of the assists and because of I mean he doesn't he's not on set pieces like your lad um, because we, we've we've got a few midfield. Maestros who wouldn't have that. Um, and it's, it's, they basically form a queue like they're queuing up for their pension. Like uh, every single one, there's about four Brilliant. of them clustered around because basically all, all of our midfielders are are that type of player. But um, the but yeah, uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see the two of them on the same pitch after having so many comparisons on Friday. Um, and it, literally, he, he you know he won the uh, Max Aaron's won EFL Player of the Season, Young Player of the Season um, uh, for for this this year just gone, um, and and that was the comparison. That was they were basically saying. I remember on the on stage when he was being presented with the award, Colin Murray there was saying. Um, Saying you know this is this is the type of person he's being um, compared to, but unfortunately that also means he's in front of him for for the pecking order for um, for, for for young player of the season or, or getting player of the season nods at right back in, in future. And um, what what do you think um, from Alexander Alexander Arnold? What, what do you think his um, what do you think his, his ceiling is? Like is there more to come, or was that was that last season just a perfect season? Could, could he kick on any further? Trent will will certainly yeah. kick on, and I think he's he's. A really talented footballer, uh, but he's so hungry as well, and I think he he's got a determination to kick on. He's still got improvements to be made. I mean, in in Liverpool, there's a bit of a debate over his position and where he'll end up, and if he does move, kind of when. You know, he he, he came through the academy as a as a attacking midfielder, really he played a little bit wide, but also in central midfield, and then he's he's ended up at fullback and. When they've talked about it, it was more of well, that's what they saw the pathway to the first team as as being. They 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 looked at what Liverpool had and they looked at the skills that Trent had and they said, well, you've got basically more chance getting in the first team uh, as a right back rather than a, a, a midfielder. And so, so that's sort of why they did it. So that sort of suggests that it wasn't a a case of well, you have to play you have to play fullback. You know, that's 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 best for you. It was more of a case of, you know, looking at it kind of strategically really for his own career. So so whether he does end up in midfield or whether he ends up even because he can play from three and, and, and uh, as well if he if he chose to because of his pace and because of his dynamism. So it's it's more a case of well, what does Trent want and, and what where does Jurgen Klopp kind of see him long term. I don't think they're desperate to move him away from fullback. I think, you know, we've got a 
you know, <laughs> it's a funny attitude in this country, and I think it's a half back to school where you put the worst players at fullback. Yeah. And, <laughs> and whereas, whereas now, I mean, you guys have proved that with both your fullbacks. I mean, funny enough, you talk about Max Allen's. I probably watched Jamal Lewis more because I've got a bit of a soft spot for Northern Ireland because right. um, yeah. Craig Craig Hannon, who works he works with us and. Um, he's, he's from there, and, and I've gone to start, kind of watch him a couple of times and stuff, and, and I get on with his mate, you know, mate some home well, and so so I probably watched him more of him, funnily enough. But I think both your fullbacks are such an asset for you, aren't they? And, yeah. and it's the same, same for Liverpool with, with Trent and Andy Robertson, and I think it's kind of, you know, Liverpool and Norwich and and, and you know other teams are kind of almost changing our mindset of how we how we see fullbacks. I mean, you look at when you look at the stats and, and heat maps and average positions after a Liverpool game, often Trent's average position is, is further forward than all three of our midfielders and so this idea that you know he can't you know he needs to he needs to play in midfield to kind of you know to get into the action more kind of doesn't really wash so we'll just have to see but you know the sky in terms of his ability the sky's the limit he has got some defensive improvements to make it than if you watch the game on Sunday against Man City but he actually gets hooked in that game and they, they move Joe Gomez who's more of a natural defender over to right back and and bring Joe Matip on and and, and Liverpool look more solid Liverpool look better last year away at Barcelona uh, he drops Trent and, and plays Joe Gomez there because obviously he's worried about Barcelona's attacking strength so you know, from a defensive point of view if he is to stay at full back there are some improvements to be made sometimes he gets caught a little bit flat People like Wilfred Zahar have given a really tough time in the past there. Uh, Mar- Marcus Rashford as well. And so so those out and out forwards who play kind of left side have got some joy against him. But, you know, from a, from a, but he'll be okay. He'll, he'll, he'll learn that. But from a footballing point of view, I mean, the lad's got everything. His technique's absolutely unreal. And as I say, he's got that desire to just do more and more. He's not the kind of kid who's to think, well, I've, you know, I've got a Champions League winner's medal now I'm going to kind of dine out on that for the rest of my life he wants more he wants to be hungry he knows that you know what it takes to be a Liverpool legend and it's not just winning one trophy it's 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 winning a lot and 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 you know and and doing it year in year out and he wants to do that yeah well I mean there's there's obviously similarities with Bale um, who who you know was fullback wasn't he and then yeah, and, course, then, yeah. and then to, to those of us that, that don't watch Tottenham day in and day out it seemed to us like he had one amazing game at Inter and they were like oh right so whoops we've got a winger we didn't realise um, <laughs> and he sort of moved further and further forward but um, yeah I mean it's interesting you mentioned Jam Lewis because um, this time last year he, he, all the talk was was about the fact that he, he's the next kind of Madison you know we've, we've just got 20 plus million for Madison uh, he'll be the next one we get big money for and and he was absolutely you know, I mean he was in the team of the season as well um, you know the, the championship team of the season um, uh, the other side the, the other both our fullbacks basically were the fullbacks of that obviously with, with Puki up front and and I, and I feel sorry in a way for Jam because he, he was absolutely dynamite the whole season you know almost ever present um, and, and didn't put a foot wrong and he's still a really young lad, but he had his breakout season. That he was brilliant the year before, so we already knew he was great. So, so Max has kind of got more of the attention this last season because he's new <laughs> and he's sort of shiny. Um, and uh, but yeah, no, no, Jam Jam is absolutely superb, a fantastic player, and and the two of them bombing forward. Um, and you, you mentioned the athletic. I actually read a, a, a really interesting article about um, our uh, as fans, as, as British fans, our. Um, um, understanding of positions and tactics yeah. and, and 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 how defence is changing. So, um, Sheffield United, the fact that they've got overlapping centre backs, um, you know, they play that they play basically three centre backs, but um, the the right and left left sided ones will will do overlaps with the with the midfielders, and then the midfielders yeah. will tuck in and become wing backs. And 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 you mentioned this, the heat map thing, people going up and down, and I think we are 
the, the speed of playing through the thirds now and, and the, 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 the fact that everyone recognises that the time just after conceding possession or just after getting turnover possession, that is the most damaging time to really, really overload and, and send people forward and get goals. It just means that everyone in the, in the team needs to be be capable of pushing forward and doing that and, and being really tactically fluid. So we didn't really play with a striker last season for most of the season. Um, until until we you know, we had a lot of comebacks, which is the which is you know pretty much the staple of most title winnings at every level. At any level, it means you have to come back and get late goals. But um, so when we we had like two people up front, and we were really really pushing. But most games we were starting with a kind of false nine, and you know Puk- Puki plays very interchangeably with the three in behind him. Um, and and it's all about creating little pockets of space by moving the ball again and again and again and again, almost like Carl the Snake in the Jungle Book. You know, you eventually think that someone's going to kind of get <laughs> hypnotised and, and will get in. And I guess what really what what remains to be seen is whether or not that that style of football and watching the preseason games that is exactly the same. You know, there does not seem to be a single single change from from yeah. the way we're going to go forward. The, the way the way we're setting up at the back is slightly different from preseason for the looks of things. Um, but but even like the kicking out from the back, um, you know, even the place kicks inside the the penalty area. That's basically how we played last season, anyway. Yeah. Um, you, you know, we, we and so that's the thing. The the optimists amongst us, and um, if you dare to be kind of a glass half full, um, we, we're the most uh, promoted and relegated club. You know, we we've gone up. We, we've spent the most time in in both divisions since football was invented in 1992. Obviously, Liverpool fans don't like the fact that football was invented in 1992. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, but we but you know we, so we really know both divisions as, as well as anyone because we spent plenty of time in both. Um, and if we get relegated this time, we'll we'll then be record breakers on our own as, as having the most. Um, but we uh, we really feel that this time actually we're set up to play football the Premier League way because actually we've been playing football in the Premier League way in the Championship. You know, we, we've been playing possession football. We've been playing counter-attacking football and we've been doing flicks and tricks as a as a kind of standard um, throughout the last throughout the last kind of year. Um, and so therefore we feel that actually we don't need to necessarily adjust too much. It's just whether or not those players actually can cut it against much better opposition. Um, and I saw a worrying stat um, today actually when I was prepping for our, our preview pod tomorrow night. Um, that that we were third or fourth highest in in kind of losing possession because we had so much possession, so therefore it sure. means it's going to be more likely to give it away. But you just think, well, you, I've I've seen plenty of Norwich teams in the Premier League over the last kind of twenty years lose possession and then suddenly concede. Um, so 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 that 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 did worry me a bit. Um, okay, so just to kind of wrap up, then let, let's let's look at uh, let's look at some predictions. Um, uh, who 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 do you think is going to be? Um, who do you think is going to go for the uh, go for the top top two or three? And obviously, you've mentioned that you you would see a title challenge would be a really really positive thing for, for Liverpool. Can you see can you see getting past City this season? Who, who do you think the top two, three, four are going to be for the for the Premier League? I think the top two remain the same. I just think it's a case of what order I think City are more likely to win it and that doesn't mean that I'm I'm saying they definitely will I'd, I'd say it's probably 70-30 to, to kind of Man City just because they are so strong and they've done it before and I think you know that they, they are the team to beat so I'd say you know it's more likely the City will edge Liverpool this, this season but as I say I, I'm, I am confident in what we can do and, and you know certainly not writing, <laughs> writing a title off be, before we've even kicked the ball so but I think the top two will definitely be the same and then if you look at the emerging pack and, and who's most likely to to kind of 
you know, try and close that gap. I, I really like the business that Spurs have done. I think they've they've bought well. I think they'll do a little bit more between now and the end of the season. Obviously, they've got the new stadium as well to kind of look forward to, and there just gen- tends to be a bit of a, a feel good factor around around the club at the moment. And I see them kind of really kicking on. I think for Chelsea, it's it's obviously a learning period for Frank Lampard, and I think I think he'll do okay. But I think you know he's. There's going to be mistakes there, and obviously they've had the transfer ban as well. So the, you know, they're not able to kind of to, to bring kind of players in really. So it's. Do you think it's a bit of a free hit for him this season? I do. Um, I do. Yeah. Because he's got so many excuses, hasn't it? Like, I, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he's not going to be a world class manager eventually, but you know, if you think about it, in terms of if if they are eighth in in October November time, I, I can tell you which seven things he's going to point. You know, he he you know he he can he can point to the transfer ban. He can point. to... 30 players in the club etc etc so you know I, I I feel I feel for them if they if they are in and around Europe you know if they are in and around fifth and sixth for most of the season that'll be enough for him to keep his job yeah, for, for another push next season and they've just sold the best player as well and I think you know we, we kind of forget that because it was so so early in the window but but how's it going you know he's he's been the talisman for for so long he's, he's you know he, he was always brilliant at Anfield so we're delighted to see the back of him but I think you know he's. It will be tough for Chelsea, and and I think I think they'll do okay. I think, you know, Manchester United, have, have, have bought and, and have spent a lot of money, but they just they just look like you know at the end of last year they needed to rip it up and start again. And I think it'll take more than one good transfer window at Manchester United to turn them kind of back into the force. Even though I think I think they've got some good players. I mean they paid a lot for them, but they've you know they've got some you know the right sort of players in. I think, but I just I just think there's still so much more to do for them before they they challenge them for a title. And and Arsenal, they just want to buy forwards, don't they? Then uh, they've, they've just sold the best defender. So it's I just I just I just think it's going to be a, a similar sort of situation for them. So so I would imagine I predict the Tottenham will be the team who will who will sort of most likely to emerge. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay, um, and then and then the bottom three. Who do you think will? Who do you think will uh, not survive the drop? I think it's hard to to know in terms of the promoted teams. I think I think really you you guessing on how it's gonna um, how it's gonna all come together. Sheffield United, the the kind of club where you know who do traditionally struggle, who, who kind of come up in terms of what they're trying to do. But then I really like the manager. And, and uh, you know, so so we'll kind of wait and see on that. And then, obviously, it's you guys. I think are, are maybe the most interested in terms of how you do. You know, in terms of the possession football, in terms of you know how the style of play. I think I think you know it's going to be tricky, obviously, to do that at Liverpool. I didn't notice you had an average of fifty eight percent possession last season. I mean, you're not going to get that at Anfield on Friday. Um, so it's so it's how you how you kind of kind of cope with that really. But then there's only so many teams who. Who, who you're going to play this season? Who who have the quality of Liverpool on? And I think people make more of the jump than than is actually the case. I, I don't think there's a huge difference between the bottom half of the Premier League and the top half of the Championship. If I'm honest, from from kind of watching both, I think I think you can get punished easy, and I think you know you need to be clinical and having a having a goal scorer can kind of really help you. I think I think you're more likely to get punished for your mistakes in the Premier League, but in terms of you know being able to play your football and in terms of setting up, I don't I don't think Norwich. You know, need to need to change that much, and I think if you if you're saying to me that they're going to take a similar approach, I say fair play because you're going to be able to do that against 12, 13 of the teams in this league, no problem. And so I think I think all three all three teams coming up have you know have got enough about them to maybe survive, and I don't think they'll be you know that's not to say that necessarily will be the case, but I think you can all be optimistic. But and especially when I think there's a few teams 
existing who will struggle. I think Brighton are going to really struggle this year. I think this might be kind of one to, one year too too many for them. I'm sort of you know they they've obviously decided to go away from Chris Hooten, which is a, kind of a brave thing to do considering he kept them up. But I just I just don't see. It. I think I think this might be a year too much for Brighton. And then obviously Newcastle with kind of what's going on there. These it just I don't know. I, I think. I mean, I'm obviously a huge Rafa Benitez fan for what he did for Liverpool, but I think bringing Steve Bruce in to replace him, and there just seems to be, you know, you talk about feel-good factors around the football club, and there's the opposite of that at the moment in Newcastle. You know, there's talk of protest first game of the season against Arsenal. They've got a really tough start as well, and if it doesn't start well, and the fans kind of turn on them or abandon them, and uh, I think I think Newcastle could 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 have a really tough season. So I'd say I'd take Newcastle and Brighton and one of the promoted teams to go down. Cool. Okay. Well, we'll 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 revise back on that. Um. I mean, if if you remember. Uh. I mean, we 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 did a uh just to let you know how good my previews are. I can't believe I'm volunteering volunteering this again. Um. I, I predicted uh, Sheffield United to go down last season. <laughs> uh, so I had a I had a new uh, I had a, I had a set, my second son was born uh right at the end of uh. The previous season and so I spent the summer basically with my head in nappies um, didn't follow anything didn't had no idea who the managers were and just didn't do any kind of prep or, or thinking about football at all that summer um, and uh, you know completely focused on the international football but but didn't really follow anything so then all of a sudden it was time to write the previews and I just I, so I just picked both Sheffield clubs because I thought it would be a nice story if they both went down <laughs> and obviously one, one was not far off the playoffs and one went up with us um, so yeah the pre- previews aren't necessarily worth the um, the, the megabytes they've written on. Um, right, we'll wrap up with the with the quiz. You've got one minute, um, and as this is the first preview pod we've done, um, you will be top of the table. <laughs> um, That's like the beauty of playing on Friday nights as well, yeah, isn't it? Whoever, whoever wins the game is top of the Premier League. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, if 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 we if we nick a goal early, you can guarantee we'll be singing about being top of the league. Don't, <laughs> don't you worry about that. Um, right, okay. So you've got you've got one minute um, to answer six questions. If you uh, don't know, pass. Um, and I'll come back to the ones you passed on whilst you've still got a bit of time left in your minute. Uh, your minute starts now. Who scored the stoppage time winner in the nine-goal thriller the last time Liverpool and Norwich met? Adam Lallana. Correct. Norwich have seven Germans in their squad. Who is Liverpool's only first-team squad German? Oh, that's German. Um, I can't think. I've gone completely blank pass. Cool. Norwich of Patrick Roberts on loan from Man City this season. Who was the last player to join Liverpool from Man City? Uh, that way. Uh, oh, Craig Bellamy. Incorrect. Who scored the last time Norwich beat Liverpool at Anfield? Was it Jeremy Goss? It was. Uh, last day of the cup. Who scored the last time? I oh, just did one. Who? Who? Uh, you've got an Irish goalkeeper who's got a number sixty-two, which is ridiculous. Uh, who is the next nearest squad number to him? Trent, 66. Incorrect. It's a trick question. Um, last <laughs> last Norwich player to score at Anfield? Uh, oh, I don't, I don't know. Pass. Okay, uh, so back to your German. I should, really should get this, shouldn't I? I can't think. Just climb up. He's a goalkeeper. Oh, Carius. You can't yeah. with him. Oh, yeah. wait, I suppose he still is at Liverpool, technically. Yeah. He's at Liverpool, technically. I've, banned um, I've, I've struck him away from my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got a bit of a habit of doing that with, with goalkeepers. <laughs> at least you finally seem to have found one. Um, so you've got two, which is not bad out of six. Like That's that's not bad. Um, we we so have... Got- we, on, on so, the main pod, we have people with fewer than that, don't you worry. Um, <laughs> so, so we've you've got, got, got Lallana and Jeremy Goss, wasn't it? I'm pleased with Jeremy Goss. Goss. Yeah, that's decent, that. Um, James Milner is the last person who joined you from Man City. 
course, yeah. Um, and uh, you've got a lad called Harry Wilson, um, who's 59. Is he? Yeah, so Keller is, uh, is it pronounced Keller? Kelly, her? Keller, her, yeah. Okay. He's 62, big, big, yeah. Biggest part, yeah, and, and yeah, Trent is 66. Um, and then Russell Martin is the last uh, player. So the last last time we were at Anfield, it was 1-1. Uh, and Russell Martin, our skipper, scored. And he, that, he's the chap who scored uh, the equalising goal eight hours after his son was born. Um, he, he ended up getting on Delia's uh, plane and, and just making kickoff, having gone gone through the night with his wife in labour. It's a hell of a story. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll send you the link. Um, but yeah, uh, we don't think so much about the. Uh, and then that was that was the same season as the the five four. Um, uh, there you go. Lot, lot so yeah, two out of six, which is not bad. Um, you're going to be top of the league. Um, <laughs> I suspect you might be top of the league Friday night as well. Um, but, but hey, I hope that you're top of the league because you've got one point. <laughs> yeah, alphabetical order. Well, we'll see, we'll see. All right, it's been a pleasure. Cheers, John. Speak soon. Oh, Tom, man, good luck with everything as well.